Welcome to Technology Forward, where we explore trends and developments in the additive manufacturing industry. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening. In today's episode of Technology Forward, I'm speaking with Kevin Brigden, Additive Manufacturing Applications Engineer at Runashaw. We're going to take a look at developments in metal additive manufacturing, one area Renishaw has helped develop and expand for a number of years. Renishaw offers a number of technologies in engineering and scientific uh, technology with expertise in precision measurement and healthcare. So thank you for joining me today, Kevin. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. So let's focus a little bit on the additive manufacturing technology. What developments can we expect in the near term? What is Renishaw exploring now, both in hardware, software, and in materials? Okay, so on the hardware side, really, we're continuing our push towards uh, increasing productivity and increasing capability and reliability of the platform. So, you know, recently we launched our four laser 500Q platform, which was a great step forward in terms of productivity inside the uh, 10 inch square build volume. Then, obviously, we're going to be looking at different machine formats in terms of size, but also numbers of lasers going further, um, but also in terms of how we handle the material as well. So whether we're talking about closed loop powder handling, so recirculation, sieving of powder within the footprint of the machine, or flexible machines wherein the powder actually can be used in a what the industry terms is a total loss system, where the powder goes in at the top, comes out at the bottom, and is rehandled off the machine. On the software side, um, you know, we're continuing to work on developing our own products. So things like Quantum, which is our build preparation software, we're adding additional features there in terms of our ability to assign these multiple lasers and uh, use them in the most uh, efficient manner we possibly can, but also in experimental ways as well. So, you know, whether we're looking at doing things like preheating material or postheating material to control its thermal characteristics. Also on our process monitoring side, we have uh, updates coming along as well. Um, so we're talking there about our ability to monitor data coming from the melt pool. Um, but crucially, what we're going to do with that data uh, downstream from that. So how we compare data sets from one build to another and so on. The other side of the software angle is uh, our increasing partnerships with, with external parties. So actually sharing um, the APIs that, that make up our software so that third party businesses can incorporate those into their own software and generate build files for the machine you know, within their software. Okay, I believe you mentioned one of the areas is reliability of additive manufacturing. What are some of the concerns there on the part of users? So you've got the obvious sense of how reliable is the actual machine platform itself? How, how often are we going to be able to kick off a build and be sure that it's going to complete? So the machine uptime, uh, sometimes referred to as mean time between failures. So that's one side of it. The other aspect of it would be in terms of what the product is that's coming off. How, how consistent is the geometry itself, you know, uh, dimensionally, for example? What about surface roughness, surface finish? What about the metallurgy? of that uh, of the metal that we're printing is it is it good quality metal that's going to provide the mechanical properties that design engineers are trying to work to and how close are additive machines to meeting that certain level of performance I think generally the industry has come a long way in the last 10 years. I mean, the yeah. early days of metal printing, the biggest perceived issue with the technology was porosity. 
in in the material and i think not just renishaw i think the industry as a whole has done an awful lot to address that you know speaking fairly i believe in the latest generation of machines renishaw has gone even further with with extreme developments of the gas flow circuit for example so the inert gas that's running through the machine we've done an awful lot of development and experimentation there to understand the real essence of what gas flow does to the process but also in the design and development of the optical system in our machines as well i mean we were already designing and manufacturing our own optical train um, but we're going even further in the latest platforms and bringing in new patented technologies that just haven't been seen anywhere before so really an engineer can have a lot of confidence now in metal additive manufacturing as far as delivering really good results I think in the general case, it's certainly getting to that point. I think there are still some ways in which we can maybe aggravate the uh, the the underlying complexities of the process. So, you know, this is where things such as design for additive manufacture come in. Um, this notion that not only are we looking for the applications that make sense for additive, but it's also designing sympathetically for the process so that we're not asking it to do more than it is actually capable of doing. Um, I think the industry has gone through a lot of ma uh, maturation over the last couple of years and in, in showing the kinds of products that make sense to print, not, not only from a point of view of, uh, you know, there being a business case, but also from the point of view of being able to assure a good quality part. Okay. So now digital manufacturing is a term that's frequently being used lately. How do you see additive manufacturing within this context? It's a very good question because if I'm totally honest with you, I'm, I think one of the digital manufacturing is one of those terms that gets bandied around quite a lot without really most people knowing exactly what it means and everyone has their own interpretation. Um, my interpretation is that additive manufacturing is the next logical step in digital manufacturing. So we're already at a point now where the vast majority of new, new products are designed in a digital environment and the uh, preparation for manufacture is conducted in a digital environment through CAM computer-aided manufacturing. Mm -hmm. um, additive manufacturing obviously started as a prototyping tool whereby we could very quickly from a digital model generate a physical representation. So additive manufacturing as a, as a production technology is, again, it's this, this next logical step where we are trying to shorten the gap between design and manufacture which is why this notion I was just talking about before of design for manufacture becomes even more critical because we have fewer steps in between, you know, signing off on say a mold tool or something like that um, with additive manufacture, because we're going to the point of pressing go on the printer so much more quickly, it, you know, it places a real emphasis there on, on designing well for the process. Okay. Now let's switch gears a little bit and talk mm -hmm. about uh, the recent pandemic. Why haven't mm. we seen as much metal additive manufacturing in response to the pandemic? Yeah, it's a very good question because obviously we've seen an awful lot going on with polymer printing. Um, yeah. So whether we're talking about face masks or components of face masks. And I think the reality is, is that there hasn't been necessarily the demand 
for for particular components to be produced in metal that's either because the volumes don't really make sense or the level of complexity of the geometry really doesn't make sense compared to say machining or, or casting a component um, and also it's the complexity of the metal process itself um, you know compared to polymer printing where generally the 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 primary concern is geometric accuracy there is a degree of material quality involved as well of course in metal components however typically the kinds of applications where we see them being used are much more safety critical um, and consequently um, adaptation or adoption should i say of uh, of metal printed products is generally slower anyway um, even before the pandemic it was relatively slow so my suspicion is is that in this very although the pandemic now feels like it's been dragging on for for ages it really you know it's been since february march time where where things have, especially in in the states have started locking down and so response times even with metal additive are, are still a bit longer than than polymer we've seen little bits and pieces uh, around the world where people are doing stuff but you know it's it, polymer has certainly led the way in that regard where you will find metal will have helped certainly um in supporting strategies is in terms of fixturing um, and in terms of tooling, perhaps new mold tool inserts that needed to be rapidly generated to produce polymer parts on a higher scale. Um, and indeed, that's one of the areas of additive metal printing that, that, that Renishaw is very keen on telling the story of because mm. it's one of those hidden applications that people don't necessarily go straight to thinking about. Now, has the pandemic affected Renishaw as it relates to the development of new products? Uh, do you find a lot of your employees working from home or how is how do you find this affecting the supply chain? Well, I, th I think, you know, we're, we're citizens of the world just as everybody else. So it's, you know, it's, it's really affecting us as, as much as anybody else. Certainly from a working from home standpoint, Renishaw was very much ahead of the curve. So our, our headquarters is in the United Kingdom. So obviously Europe, uh, where the pandemic was hitting hardest. Uh, earliest uh, certainly earlier than in the states um, so in, a, in the US where I'm based um, you know we were following the the European lead and you know we were moving to remote working scenarios uh, very early you know and that has continued through till today we're still operating at reduced headcount in our offices clearly you know all companies and all businesses around the world are going through a bit of pain at the moment and we're having to go through some you know some painful reorganizations and the Renishaw is you know is not not uh, outside of that um, so you know our additive manufacturing group recently went through a, a restructuring uh, prior to prior to the pandemic but it does mean that we're in a position to to come out of it even stronger because we're you know we're, we're already uh, put together in such a way to to be leaner and, and, and meaner <laughs> going forward <laughs> um, but generally as well um, Renishaw has been highly involved uh, particularly in the UK in our in our headquarters home country um, in the production of ventilator components so mm. our manufacturing efforts efforts in our machine shops that are dedicated to the production of all Renishaw products, whether it be additive manufacturing, metrology, healthcare, whatever, very quickly we're able to retool and reconfigure to mass produce ventilator components um, as part of the Ventilator Challenge consortium alongside companies like Airbus, McLaren, Formula One team. Um, and, and various other high-profile companies. So, you know, we're, we're very proud of that, you know, that, that ability to, to demonstrate modern manufacturing uh, capability and flexibility. Yeah, that seems to be one of the big stories that has come out regarding additive manufacturing is just how quickly 
you can change over a line or whatever it is that you're doing and switch to mm -hmm. something else. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely right. Um, additive manufacturing is only going to facilitate that more. So, you know, we have a number of cuts customers um, that are using additive manufacturing to cut conventional production timelines so as I mentioned earlier producing fixtures or producing tooling which which obviously dramatically can reduce lead times to to producing uh, conventionally manufactured components um, yeah. and and it, it really backs up Renishaw's you know whole discussion about process control and, and automation this idea that you know modern technologies you know uh, industry 4.0 the idea is to bring these these technologies together um to to complement one another rather than viewing them as islands of technology <laughs> yeah i get tired of answering the questions when is additive manufacturing going to replace traditional machining and it's like it's oh. not <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. I, I had this discussion with, with someone the other day and it, it, additive manufacturing is only ever going to complement yes. what, what already exists. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you bring up such a great point about the fixtures. I mean, that's, that is kind of like the hidden uh, application that really makes additive manufacturing so important to production and manufacturing. Absolutely. Well, I think we all are guilty sometimes of looking at the, you know, the sexy looking topology optimized components that we see on LinkedIn and in the media and, and associating that with additive. And we kind of ignore many of the, you know, I hate this phrase, but I'm going to use it, the low hanging fruit that, that exists out there to go after today. Okay, I know what we need. We need really great sexy looking pictures of fixtures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, this is kind of going to be like the last question. What are some of the lessons you have learned in the last few weeks or months? Um, it's how resilient industry can be, I think. We've, we've never seen a worldwide disruption of, of manufacturing on, on this kind of scale before. I mean, clearly worldwide events have occurred, but generally when they have occurred, they've, they've actually accelerated manufacturing. This has been a suppressing event on manufacturing, which is bizarre. Um, mm -hmm. But what, what amazes me is the ability of businesses to retool, to um, reevaluate their, their models, um, to, to very dynamically adopt new working practices so whether that be working from home or being smart in terms of how they deliver content i think the the proliferation of webinars and, and instructional videos has been fantastic i know i've done a few of those recently and renishaw generally are, are doing quite a few for our various different products and it's been fascinating to watch videos from you know even our competitors or from other industries completely it's it's been a great time and especially as a you know as an engineer and you know a bit of a nerd um <laughs> I, I love this ability that we've that we've got to to really dive into some of this stuff and and make use of this you know the apparent down time by by upskilling or, or learning that's kind of all that i have so thank you for joining me today kevin i very much appreciate it my pleasure it was a pleasure talking to you